Hello everybody and welcome to First and Gold, the hardest hitting up and coming ACC and SCC football podcast on the internet. It is Thursday, July 15th in the year 2021 and today we're going to discuss the 2021 Clemson Tigers. Tigers are coming off of a 10-2 and season in 2020. But before we really jump into this thing, go ahead and buckle up that chin strap. Make sure you got that mouthpiece in. It's going to be a hard hitter. Let's get it. everybody welcome back welcome back i'm ben joined here by my co-host big rob what's going on everybody yes sir we're here to talk about these 2021 clemson tigers before we get into it let's go ahead and discuss that 2020 record they were 10 and 2 they suffered losses to both notre dame and the ohio state buckeyes an honorable mention real quick is a notre dame loss the quarterback was none other than your 2021 starter DJ Uli Ungalele, I think is his name. We can't pronounce it, so we're going to go with the U-Man. How about that? All right, sounds good to me. Before we get into talking about uh, DJ Ungale, uh we're going to talk a little bit about this coaching staff. Sounds good, sounds good. we got that head coach, Dabo Sweeney, coming back. He has been doing nothing but sh- a building a dynasty, it seems like, for the last good period of time. Better of a decade now, they've been national contenders. Oh. Who else we got coming back, Big Rob? Uh, looks like we've got everybody coming back except for that running backs coach, and that is taken over by Mr. C.J. Spiller, former alum from Clemson University. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That is nothing short of a Clemson legend in his own right, one of the best running backs of all time, had a great career in NCAA, and also moved on to the NFL, had a lot, had a lot of touchdowns, great career, made a lot of money, and now he's back to his roots, coming to help out the Tigers. Now, I'm glad that you were speaking about money because the defense coordinator, Mr. Brent Venerables, today became the highest paid assistant in college football, making $2.6 million per year. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's a hefty chunk of change not to have the stress of a head coach. I'll tell you what, he's had one hell of a defense, though, it seems like, ever since he has taken over after that 2013 bowl game loss to West Virginia. Ever since then, the Tigers' defense has been in the top 12 or higher ranked in defense every single year. That is outstanding. Well, let's just talk about that Clemson defense for a moment and talk about the uh, 2020 uh, ranking in the ACC for that defense. Did you know that they only allowed a total of 326.8 yards, which is first in the ACC? That's crazy to think about. I mean – they were number one ACC. I remember they had one hell of a pass rush on that defense, but it is insane. You heard us mention earlier this week how the game of college football has changed. I remember 10 years ago, 326 yards a game. I mean, you were getting creamed if a team did that to you, and now that's number one in the ACC. Well, you want to talk about passing yards. Last season for 2020, they only allowed 214.2, which ranked second in the ACC. I'll tell you what, it's hard to get a pass off when you got five guys in your face every single play putting you on the dirt. Oh, I'm telling you, that that rush is vicious. But to beat the to beat a rush, you need to be able to run the ball. And that's one thing that Clemson did well in defending the rush. They only allowed 112.7 in the ACC last season, ranking also at second. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They had a great rushing defense. I mean, when you got a front four, front five guys that can get off the ball and fill gaps like they do, that speaks volumes. But then on top of that, you got an outstanding linebacking core with Clemson mm-hmm. with returning linebackers like I think his name is Skalski, if I'm not mistaken. And I think this is his sixth year playing college football. And I mean, he is a man child. He does nothing but put people in the dirt, hard hits, 120% every play. And, I mean, that is critical when you oh, have yeah. a defense like that. Oh, yeah, that kid makes you uh, make snot bubbles, uh, snot bubbles come up in your nose. Woo. Now, let me ask you this. What is the best way to win a game? The best way to win the game mm-hmm. is make sure your offense stays on the field. And if your defense is out there, you get them right back off the field. Exactly. So, did you know that as far as turnovers last season – 
They ranked second in the ACC again with 23. Yes, sir. I can. I believe it, man. I mean, hell, just in the spring game, we're going to talk about that in a bit. But just in the spring game, they were forcing turnovers on their own teammates. I mean, these guys are aggressive. They are hungry for the ball. They are wide open every single play. I mean, Clemson does not rebuild. It doesn't seem like anymore. Instead, it looks like they just reload. Oh, yeah. And we're going to go with one more stat for the 2020 season, and we're going to talk about opponents' points per game. Did you know that they only allowed 20.2 points per game, also ranked second in the ACC? That's crazy to think that that's second in the ACC and they're giving up 20 points a game. I mean, it just speaks volumes on how, how the game of college football has changed. But, oh, yeah. I mean, if your offense is putting up 40-plus points a game and you're only giving up 20, I mean, you're going to be undefeated just about every damn year. That oh, yeah. is outstanding. I mean, Brent Venables, he is really just – it is incredible the way he has built this defense ever since tw- that loss to West Virginia in that bowl game. I mean, that was a horrendous loss and – Dabo said he was going to fix the defense, and I mean, damn if he did it. I'm telling you, that defense is mean out there for them Clemson Tigers, and I think they're going to need it this season, uh, just like they do every season. Uh, they they always say that offense wins games, but your defense wins your championships. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I believe it. I believe it. But it doesn't help to have a healthy offense to put some points on that board for you. I will say that. Amen to that. Well, uh, now we got the coaching staff handle. Let's go ahead and discuss something else, too. Let's go ahead and discuss how they're going to address these players leaving from last year. I mean, right off the rip, you got Trevor Lawrence, the number one quarterback in college football, the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. He is gone. He's out the picture. Goodbye. A lot of teams are happy to see him leave. But not only did you lose him, but you also lost your starting running back in Travis Etienne. And, I mean, that was as electrifying of a player on the football field as you see. Absolutely. You know, speaking of Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, did you know that they are only the sixth teammates drafted by one team in the first round in the NFL history? I could believe it, man. I mean, as productive as those two guys were, the chemistry they had last year and the year before, I mean, they were outstanding. Great chemistry. They put up points. If Lawrence wasn't there, you seen last year. With Lawrence out, ETN can pick up the slack. He can still make things happen. If ETN's moving slow, slow, you got Lawrence out there making plays, making things happen. I mean, those two guys there is a package deal, and it is a very outstanding package to receive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, some of the other players that they lost this season to the draft, they lost an offensive lineman, Jackson Corman, to the Bengals. They also lost a wide receiver, Amari Rogers, and another wide receiver in Cornell Powell. Yeah, I mean... Just right there, you mentioned that. I mean, that is four primetime players you're losing. I mean, that's four guys who put points on the board, mm-hmm. four big playmakers. That's a big loss on the offensive side of the ball, not including losing an offensive lineman, which is the heart and soul of every play, as we all know. If you ain't got a line, you ain't got nothing. Exactly. If you ain't got somebody to block for you, you may as well just go ahead and give them the ball back over because you're fixing to have a long, long day. But if you are a Clemson fan, there's no need to get scared of losing these couple guys you got. I mean, don't get me wrong, that's some really big shoes to fill. But you got some pretty good guys coming back to fill those shoes, and some of them might even be even better. What do you think about that, Big Rob? What you got? All right, so some returning players to really talk about on defense. You're going to have a linebacker coming back. Um, he's actually the son of your defensive coordinator. And you're also going to have, you know, a bunch of wide receivers coming back. Your your wide receiver list is stacked. Well, before we go to offense, you were talking about defense there. One thing I want to mention, though, is when you talk about players coming back on defense, you got to mention Skalski. Yeah. I mean, that linebacker right there, that is the heart and soul of this Clemson defense. He is literally the Trevor Lawrence of the Clemson defense. He's the play caller. He's the man who gives out the big hits. Mm-hmm. He's the man that's forcing fumbles. He is the heart and soul of that defense. And, I mean, every time, if he misses a game, it's a big, big fall off for that Clemson defense. They look lost. They look without their leader. It's a big missing piece to the puzzle. Mm-hmm. But you also got Venables coming back. 
on the outside linebacker mm-hmm. position, son of the defensive coordinator. He looks very impressive. He got some playing time last year while Skalski was out, and he filled in looking pretty good. He wasn't quite as good as Skalski, but, I mean, he was inexperienced. Oh, yeah. He's got another year of experience. He has a full off season because the COVID pandemic is over. That's right. We beat COVID. It's official. We got our preseason back. We got full stadiums. We ain't worried about that damn thing. But also, you also have Venables' other son coming back looking to play in the safety position. He could be a very impressive young man, five foot ten, two hundred pounds. I mean, that's the that is the build of a big hitting safety. And if he hits like his brother and hits like his other teammates, I mean, this kid here could really light up some guys. Oh yeah, talk about a slobber knocker when that dude hits you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They will ring your bell and hurt your feelings. Absolutely. On the offensive <laughs> side of the ball, who we got coming back over there? I know we got, I think, four out of five starters on that O-line returning, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. We got four out of five of the offensive line starters coming back. We also have a big tight end coming back. His name is Jalen Lay, number 85. And this kid is a man-child. He can jump up and catch a ball in the air. He can throw mean blocks. I mean, this kid looks mean and hungry this season. Yes, sir. I mean, you look at him. He's six foot six, two hundred and seventy pounds of muscle. He ain't two hundred seventy pounds of fat. I mean, six six, two seventy. That is a build of say Kyle Pitts or uh, Hernandez. Those NFL. I mean, a lot of your great tight ends have very big builds, just like that. I mean, that is the definition. A lot of these tight ends nowadays are more hybrid guys that are two hundred twenty, two hundred thirty pounds, and six foot four. And I mean. Yeah, they're receiving threats, but when you got a 270-pound man that can run a 40 in under five seconds, he can throw blocks, he can catch the ball, he can run over people, he can pick up blocks out there in the open field when you got a receiver going. I mean, that is a huge weapon in itself, yes, and that sir. is not something you want to forget about or sleep on. Yes, sir, and you mentioned earlier that uh, quarterback's coming back, DJ Ungole. He is returning also a running back, uh, Kobe Pace, number 20. Uh, He looked real mean in the spring game, but we'll talk about that here in just a few minutes. But uh, as you mentioned before, Ungale did play in two season games last season, which gives him a real good pace and a real good feel of what to expect for this coming season. Yeah, I mean, last year when he played – a lot of people are concerned about that young man, but realistically, he was the number one pocket-passing quarterback in the class of 2020 recruiting-wise. He was great, and he showed it last year. I mean, against Boston College, yeah, it was an unranked Boston College as a school that you would think Clemson would run over, but, hell, they trailed a majority of that game, and he never let it get to him. He kept coming back out there. He kept pushing that offense down the field, making big plays when it's got to happen. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame game, yeah, they came up short, but at the same time, he was in that Notre Dame game. He never let it get overwhelming to him. He stood right there. He showed great poise. I think you got a good thing coming back in the quarterback position. He has room for improvement, but as far as a returning player, he's not a starter from last year, but at the same time, he did have two games of starting experience. You know what you got coming in, and you got the big piece of the puzzle out the way. Oh, yeah. Now, let's talk about some freshmen to watch. There is a freshman coming in. His name is Will Shipley. He is number one. He's five foot eleven, weighs 200, uh, 200 pounds, and was ranked third best running back in the nation. Was uh, <clears throat> number 28 in the Sports Illustrated Top 99 prospects. Rushed for more than 2,000 yards and carried 11 yards per carry. <clears throat> 11 yards to carry. Yes, sir. That's a damn first down every time you touch the ball. Every time you touch the ball. That sounds like a hell of a playmaker there. <clears throat> had 30 touchdowns. Good also time. had 582 receiving yards with another eight touchdowns receiving. I mean, hell, that just sounds like <clears throat> the second making of C.J. Spiller right there. And this young man's coming in to be under Coach Spiller. I guarantee you C.J. Spiller is going to have a blast coaching that young man right there. I mean, you think about Spiller back in the day. He could run the ball, but how many times did you see him move out to the flat in motion and go out there and catch a pass and take it 50, 60 yards to the house? Gone. All right, so another freshman coming in, linebacker Barrett Carter. weighs. Um, he is six foot one, weighs 220 pounds. He's going to be number zero this season. Again, he was ranked 38 in the Sports Illustrated 99 
commonly thought to be most uh, one of the most versatile players for this in his class. Dabo also thinks that he could play some safety and also potential nickel or sandback. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, that's what's so interesting about Clemson is they have guys on their team that you'll see playing three, four different positions throughout the year, and they'll be successful at each one. I mean, it really speaks volume to, don't get me wrong, I'm not a big Clemson fan. I'll say it up front, not a big Clemson fan. But I love the sport of football, and I'll give credit where it's due. Dabo Sweeney came in there. He should write a book on establishing culture in a college because, I mean, he brings in these players, and he inspires them to where these guys can play, it seems like, any position and be successful. And, I mean, they all come in there. And every kid that signs a Clemson, you talk to them, and literally the expectation is national championships. Hell, it wasn't but eight. Well, I say eight. It wasn't ten years ago. Clemson, if they was winning – Seven to ten games a year, it was an outstanding year for him mm-hmm. to go into any bowl game, let alone playoffs and winning natties. I mean, I'm telling you, the thing about Clemson and Davo Sweeney, you have to give it to the man. He is probably second, maybe third, the third best coach in college football just because he can motivate a team to do what he wants to be done and to win games and to rip people's heads off. I'd have to give him second. I mean, he'd really be a close tie for first. I mean, don't get me wrong, Nick Saban is the GOAT, but at the same time, Clemson has never been known to be the program of the Alabama Crimson Tide. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you're at Alabama, I guarantee you recruiting's a hell of a lot easier than it is when you're up there in Clemson, South Carolina. Have you ever been to that town? There ain't a whole hell of a lot up there to really attract a kid to come in. It's not a very big town, small town, real quiet. No real big party cities in the area. They got a little nice community there, but I mean, what's up there in Clemson? There ain't really much up there in Clemson except for lakes. Exactly. So that tells you right there to bring in all these star athletes and attract them to come to the school, to recruit them, get them to sign, get all the potential out of them when they leave there. I mean, these kids are leaving Clemson. They like they are NFL ready. When they hit the league, look at Deshaun Watson. As soon as he went to Houston, Texas and started, he didn't miss a beat Mm-mm. from when he was at Clemson. I mean, no, these guys are going to the league and they are ready. It ain't like they're in college football and they're not developing. These guys, from the time they get there to the time they leave, they're getting developed to the maximum. I mean, it, is, it really is impressive, the culture and the development and everything else they have up there in Clemson, South Carolina. Just about every one of these kids that are drafted from Clemson are day one starters. Yes, sir. Damn near every single one of them. I mean, it it really speaks volumes about this program. All right, so we're going to take it now to a defensive lineman, Peyton Page, six foot four, three hundred and sixty pounds, ranked fifth best interior D lineman in the country. That's just what they need is more great defensive linemen. <laughs> number uh, he was number twenty five in the Sports Illustrated top ninety nine, fifty five total tackles for loss in just three high school seasons. I mean, he'll fit right in. Because, damn, if they're defensive line every year, I mean, it seems like this is six or seven years in a row now of Clemson's defensive line just being something that gives offensive coordinators nightmares. That gives everybody in the league nightmares. You're talking about your running backs. You're talking about your quarterbacks. Just think about it. Six foot four, 360 pounds running at you full speed. You're going to have nightmares over that. Well, I mean, it's not even the defensive ends. I mean, hell, in the spring game, they had a defensive tackle. They got three sacks. Mm-hmm. Three sacks in the spring game. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. He wasn't tackling the man to bring him to the ground. But still, your defensive tackles, that ain't the speed demons of the team. And the fact that they are busting through the line and still going back there and getting their hands to touch the quarterback for the play to blow dead, I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Now, the next two are ones that intrigue me more than anything else. We've got a uh, tight end coming in. Number nine, his name is Jake Brenningstool. Six foot five, 220 pounds, had more than 25 college offers, had 47 catches for 857 yards and nine touchdowns in 2019. See, that right there is exactly like we talked about a minute ago. Six foot five and 220 pounds. All right, that right there is what we call more of the hybrid tight end position. That's what we were saying a minute ago. You got one tight end already on the roster to six foot six, two seventy. 
that is the definition of a tight end. That is the old school tight end, the mean machine. But this man here to bring 220 pounds. You can line him up at tight end. You can put him in an H-back kind of role. You can put him out there in the slot as a receiver. I mean, mm -hmm. there are so many weapons you can make out of that one type of tight end. I just wanted to go over there real quick. I didn't mean to wander off in outer space or nothing here, but it's just crazy the way the position of tight end is really almost broke down into two positions. you got right. the tight end, and then you have the hybrid tight end. And just think, you could also go in a uh, two tight end formation, be able to run one like a regular route, like a wide receiver, and then you can have the other one either blocking or running the little in and out routes, getting the yards. That's exactly right. I mean, the team we talked about earlier this week was South Carolina. I ain't going to wander off Clemson, but I mean, they have a similar thing going right now. They have the boy Nick Noose, or Muse. He's more of a traditional type tight end. Heavy mm -hmm. set, not really that speedy. Great blocking, has good hands, can make plays. But then they also brought in this other man, EJ Jenkins. Mm -hmm. Six foot seven. I mean, speed demon, outside threat, can play inside. I mean. And don't forget Jakeem Bell. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean. The tight end position, it's crazy how much it has evolved over time, too. I mean, really, the game of football all around is just changing, it seems like, every year. And, uh, yeah, last but certainly not least, in this recruiting fiasco, I'm not really a fiasco, but this recruiting, I don't even know what to call it because all of these kids that they brought in are just amazing, mind-blowing. But they brought in a wide receiver that they think is going to be a day one starter. His name is Bo Collins. He's ranked second best receiver in the nation, ranked 21 in the Sports Illustrated 99, and is expected to have immediate impact. In 2019, he had 41 catches for 1,008 yards with 14 touchdowns. He's six foot two and a half, 195 pounds. That's exactly right. And also, did you know Bo Collins scored the first touchdown in the spring game? And believe it or not, he was Uli Ungale's teammate in high school at St. John Bosco in California. Mm -hmm. So right off the rip, you're looking at high school chemistry getting reunited together. These guys know each other inside and out. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a big help to a first-year starting quarterback having a familiar face to throw the ball at. Absolutely. And I mean, just in the spring game, which we'll jump into here shortly, it proved right there. They still have the chemistry, and it's still carried over. And if you hear a little toddler moving in the background, I apologize. We just do not have our studio set up because I am in the process of a move. Once we get the move taken care of, we'll have a studio, and you won't quite hear that. But until then, he's cute. He's funny. You know you're laughing. And a future linebacker for the South, Car for the South Carolina Gamecocks. Wherever he gets a scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's see here. What do we want to go over next? All right. One thing I do want to mention also about this team is Clemson must have a great culture. Another thing that speaks volumes to it. All right. Davo Sweeney. His kids play for Clemson. Mm-hmm. Brent Venables. His sons, both on Clemson Tigers. But also, you got a man that's been known to be an Alabama fan forever, Kirk Herbstreet. His sons. Both Clemson Tigers. I mean. Well, except for Jake. Jake actually left the program earlier this season. But his twin brother, Ty, is still there. And um, he's going to be a redshirt sophomore. And uh, has already played in five games. Oh, boy. So one of them's a quitter. Basically. Maybe he wants to get him broadcasting. Could be. Could be. I mean, hey, it's paid Kirkwell. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Man down, man down. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But um, I'm just saying, you're bringing in national attention to this school. And it's, it's something we went over last week, and I just I can't speak it enough. Culture is what makes teams. Clemson has never been known to be a powerhouse football. They had a national championship in 1980, I think it was. After that, they had some good years. I mean, I remember they had some good years with Charlie Whitehurst. Mm -hmm. They had some good years with Taj Boyd. I mean, but they were never a powerhouse. And ever since Sweeney took over, it's taken them a little bit of time. But each year you see it build up a little bit more. And you see more and more the relationship he has with these athletes. You hear mm -hmm. the way they speak about them. 
more and more kids are going there. And if you are a college football, if you're a college period that's wanting to have a good football program, you need to take notes from Clemson on the culture because it is really incredible the way they have built that program from what it was to what it is now. I mean, it really, it blows my mind. It honestly does. I mean, and the way you know culture speaks volumes is for five years in a row, the South Carolina Gamecocks dominated Clemson. They mm-hmm. couldn't do nothing with them. They were getting beat up, shook around all over the place. One school, the culture improved. The other school, the culture fell apart. Yep. And now you look at the difference between Carolina and Clemson. Well, if you go back and also look at the coaching changes that South Carolina has had, you can almost understand the reason why it fell apart at South Carolina. Dabo's been the one thing constant, and he's got that he he's got the culture just built up and the thing to think about is if you look at the 24/7 recruiting classes for the future all just about all of your big star five star four star players have Clemson in the top 5 top 10 well I mean one reason you get all these top defensive players look at your defensive coordinator He's been there since the 2013 blowout loss to West Virginia. Mm-hmm. I think they lost 70 to 32. I think it was, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I can't be quoting right, but I know they lo- I know West Virginia put up 70 points on them. Venables comes in, turns the whole defense around. That was in 2023. Has not had a defense outside the top 12 nationally since then. That was eight years ago. Yeah. And he has stayed. You know how many coaching offers that man's probably had? And he has stayed with the university. When these kids see an assistant putting up numbers that great and he is not leaving, hell, he just signed a contract extension. Mm-hmm. I that, know for a fact he's had at least five this season alone. Exactly. I mean, that's what I'm saying. When you got a coach that stays, you got stability. They know this guy's here. He wants to be here. He's not leaving. They see the numbers he's putting up, the attention this defense gets nationally. They're going to want to come play for this man. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you don't hear a lot of coaches leaving Clemson. You don't hear about a lot of them leaving. I mean, it's it's a tight-knit group, and it just it really is impressive the way they all stick together and everything else. It is. All right, so it looks like uh, we should talk about this offensive breakdown a little bit, break down that offense, and uh, talk a little bit about that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How much time we got left on the buzzer? Uh, it looks like we have act. It looks like it's time for that buzzer to hit. Damn show sure is. All right, we reached halftime, y'all. When we come back, we're going to get into the offense. We're going to break down the defense a little bit more for you. And we're going to talk about the spring game. We're going to talk about the strengths of the team. And we're going to talk about some weaknesses we picked up on in our film sessions. Something we're going to do every week, uh, Let's just say everything comes at a price. Let's do it. But uh, we'll be back here shortly. Y'all hang on tight. We'll see you in a few. We'll see you soon. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. Let's kick the second half off. What do you say there, Big Rob? Let's go ahead and break down this offense. Let's break it down. Break it down. What do you, what have you saw so far from this past season, from the returners, to what we saw in the spring game as far as what you like about this offense? Well, first things first, you got a young man coming in at quarterback. New guy, familiar face, though. Played in two games last year. A lot of people have questions. I think you're going to have to change your playbook a little bit because he mm-hmm. is not a dual-threat man quite like Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson were. Mm-hmm. He can move, he can escape the pocket, he has great footwork, but he has one hell of a damn cannon for an arm. He's got a great arm. The only thing that I worry about is from what I saw with the two games last season and into the spring game this season, he's got a little bit of an accuracy problem, but that's not anything that can't be fixed uh, with you know the practice and everything. And I'm sure that they were holding the cards close to the chest, playing a little bit of poker also in the spring game. That's right, that's right. And also, at the same time, we can't buy a whole hell of a lot of stock in what we saw last year with some of these things. Because one thing you got to remember, the difference in last year and this year is 
This young man had a whole spring practice this year. Mm-hmm. Last year, he went out of high school, and he didn't have a damn thing to do till mm-hmm. fall practice. They didn't even know if they were playing football. If it wasn't for his teammates speaking out on Facebook and other social media platforms, there might not have been a f- football season last year. So hats off That's Clemson true. for that. That's true. 100% true. But uh, also, you got that running back coming in, number 20. Mm-hmm. What was his name again? Uh, number 20. One second. While he's looking for that name, what I'm saying is, I mean, you lost ETM, but you bring this man in, and I mean, he did have one drop of the football in the spring game, but he looked explosive as any running back I've seen when it comes to hitting the hole. He's elusive. He's able to juke players. He's able to do a spin move, get away from guys. He he can get in the hole, make good cuts, move back to the backside of the play. I mean, he reads the defense, reads the holes very well when the play is breaking down. So mm-hmm. I think you'll be very comfortable at running back. And also there's a couple other guys coming in behind him in that spring game and getting reps. Mm-hmm. And they look just as good also. I mean, I'm not going to say they're as good as ETM, but I believe you were looking safe at that position. Yeah, yeah, that, that running back uh, position d- does look pretty solid. There's at least five – uh, it's it's at least five deep in the running back position, and that kid's name, number 20, Kobe Pace. He's a sophomore, which technically I guess he'd be a freshman since uh, COVID year last year and getting that one extra year of eligibility. Cheers to you, COVID. <laughs> but uh, uh, another thing you got to think about also with this offense is you got four out of five starters returning on that offensive line. I mean, that's going to be a huge difference. Some guys were pretty young last year, this year. They're still a little green, still a little young, but they got a whole year of experience under their belt. They're going to have some tougher, tougher competition this year, especially week one when they play Georgia. But with a year of experience under their belt, they've done been to the playoffs, they've done seen the big teams. I think they can step up. There's going to be a lot of experience, and it's going to be a strength for this team. It's going to be – the running back position will be a strength. Um, that offensive line they have is full of mules. They can push people around, get it off the ball, and open up those holes – uh, for these running backs to run through. That's exactly right. I mean, when you got guys like that, they really, really, with experience, it helps you out a lot better with your footwork as an offensive lineman. You get a lot better chemistry with your teammates. When you're new last year, a lot of these guys, you don't even know who the hell they are until your first time at practice. You don't have no chemistry. You don't have no brotherhood. Now they've had time to bond. Now they know how to call audibles off each other. They trust each other to make plays. They are able to do combos going off of a defensive lineman, reaching off to the linebacker being able to pull and get out in front of the running backs, receivers. I mean, there's a big difference in last year and a pandemic year compared to a normal season this year. And I think Mm -hmm. it's going to really show with this offense. But then also you have your tight ends coming in. It's going to be big playmakers in your passing game. Yeah, you got receivers, but these tight ends, you cannot count these guys out. No, because who covers a tight end? Normally it's a linebacker. Exactly. So you've got a a linebacker who's rushed to end – one thing that we can – well, we'll not get into that right now, but one thing that about these linebackers is they're a little bit slow compared to, you know, these these tight end hybrids that are that are real quick off the ball or have the height to be able to, to catch a ball that's thrown up in the air. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, you get a lot of these linebackers in. I mean, they might run four sevens, four sixes here and there. I mean, if you get a linebacker on a four six, you got a guy that's rolling. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of these guys are pretty heavy boys, 250-plus pounds. Mm-hmm. You get a tight end in there. Six foot seven, six foot five, mm-hmm. two hundred and eighty pounds, or a tight end that's two hundred and twenty pounds of speedster. I mean, how do you cover that? Most of your linebackers ain't gonna be, but normally around six two to six three, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. I mean, two hundred and thirty pounds, two fifty, somewhere in there. Yeah, two fifty pounds of whoop ass. Yes, sir. I mean, don't get me wrong; they can put a pop on them when they get that ball. But you get that man out in open field on man coverage. Yep. Linebackers are linebackers for a reason. Mm-hmm. They ain't safeties. And then if you put them out there in. Uh, zone coverage then tight ends will be able to find the holes and eat them up that's exactly right that's exactly right and then you also got your receivers coming back you're returning a few guys from last year you're bringing in a new young man a bow collins that has chemistry with your starting quarterback mm-hmm. so that's going to pay off a lot just like the etn lawrence chemistry going to jacksonville you got the same thing coming to clemson mm-hmm. i mean if you're a clemson fan this offense don't get me wrong you're not going to be as explosive as you were last year you'll have some big plays you're going to put up points on the board, but don't look for this offense to be that offense of years past that's putting up 49, 56 points week in, week out. I say you got an offense that could do 35 points a week without much issue, probably 42 here and there. But 
something. It's going to be a learning experience. There's a lot of youth coming in. And they are returning another wide receiver, too. It's going to be Dabo's kid. His name is Drew Sweeney, number 81. This is one of the toughest kids that I've seen at wide receiver. In that spring game, his he just about got his head ripped off and just popped right back up laughing and, you know, giving the other players a high five. And, you know, it was just amazing how how hard that kid got hit and just kept going. Well, I mean, let's face facts here. I mean, if you're the son of the head coach, do you really want to be that kid who gets hit hard and don't get off the ground when your teammates are? That's true. You make a valid point. I'm just saying, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be that guy and then have to go back to the locker room. Um, yeah, you, you are 100% right on that. But uh, I think instead of last year where you had a <laughs> lot of quarterbacks rolling outside the pocket with their offense, Trevor Lawrence creating time, and you were seeing a lot of Intermediate passes, a lot of slants. You might see a little bit over the top. You see the occasional deep ball. This year here, I think you're going to see a whole hell of a lot more of the tight ends playing a role in this offense. You're going to see a lot more screens out of the backfield, but the deep ball is going to be a big factor because I am telling you, this young man before spring game was standing on sidelines talking to family members and standing flat-footed and throwing the ball 60 yards down the field. Like it was a toy. Yeah, I there's, mean, there's no doubt that kid's got a big arm and can throw a frozen rope. Yes, sir. I mean, Dabo Sweeney and other coaches were quoted numerous times how even saying last year in the 707 drills, there was many times where he made Trevor Lawrence look ordinary. Oh, yeah. And All I mean, right. if you're a Clemson fan, that's got to give you a lot of hope at that position. Maybe not this year, but hell, you got to think. He still has four years of eligibility. He was a freshman last year. Mm hmm. I'm telling you, this. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know how they're going to do this season with all those weapons going to the NFL, but I can tell you what, they're going to be in contention for another ACC championship. Oh, yeah. They sh I think they'll be almost a surefire shot to be one of the teams in the ACC championship. They don't play North Carolina in the regular schedule, mm -hmm. and that's going to be the biggest threat to them then besides maybe – Miami, I mean, you can't count out Boston College either because they really put them on the ropes last year, but mm -hmm. that'd be a tall task for Boston College to follow up with that same kind of performance. Absolutely. So let's get down to your bread and butter and talk about that defense. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I love it. All right, first things first. This defense is just going to be the only defense we've seen the last five, six, seven years. It's going to be a pass rush like you've never seen. This is where their strength is at. They are going to come off the ball, and they are going to punch you in the mouth every single play. If you run in the ball, don't expect no big plays. They're going to punch you right in the mouth. They're going to smash you. That's what this defense does. They're going to pound you to sleep every time if you try to run the ball into them. And if you're a young quarterback and you cannot move outside that pocket, you're going to have nightmares because this defense is fast, and they are coming every single play. Another thing you got to think about, too, is this defense loves to blitz. Almost every single game you watch, nearly every single play, they're sending at least one man. A lot of times they're sending two men. Mm -hmm. It is by far one of, if not the, best pass rush in all of college football. It reminds me of the old school Pittsburgh Steelers on how well they blitz. Yes, sir. I mean, it really is. It'll give you nightmares if you're an offensive coordinator. you mm -hmm. got to find a way to deal with that. But a few things I've noticed with the film, and it comes from a schematic point, at the great pass rush you have, it comes with a price. You look at the Boston College game last year, you'll see it. You'll see it in the Carolina 2018 game. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ohio State really exposed it on a national level. If you have a quarterback that can withstand the heat of that blitz by just a few seconds of time and get a man down the field, this defense is not built to withstand the deep ball. Because what's happening is when you're sending linebackers every play and you got a loaded wide receiver setup going on, when you got that spread offense, those linebackers cannot pick up those receivers and those tight ends. So what's happening, if you look at it, you'd notice you don't see a lot of a safety sitting back on a Clemson defense. The reason why, they're having to come up and pick up the linebacker's man. So when you're blitzing, it doesn't allow a whole lot of double coverage, and you don't have that man back there in the backfield. So what's going on is you got one-on-one -on -one coverage, nobody back there to give you help. Time and time again, last year, 
two years ago, three years ago, especially in the Ohio State game and the Boston College game if you want to go back and look at it. If you throw a deep ball, if you can withstand that pass rush to get through your progressions, give that receiver time to get down the field, it hurts them badly. One thing I noticed also is with a mobile quarterback, you he can withstand that rush, get a lane open, he's off to the races too. That's exactly right. He might not take it all the way down the field, but see, when you got all your guys on man coverage, when you're blitzing those linebackers, they're going upfield. All you got to do is get past them. If you can get past them, you're going to have 15, 20 yards. Look at Justin Fields in that game last year. He was able to break numerous runs. He didn't take none of them to the house. He got lit the hell up by Skowski. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> A couple broken ribs. Yes, sir. But the thing was, he was able to get through there and he was able to gain yards because there's a big price to blitzing like that. Yeah, you'll have one of the best pass defenses in the country because the simple fact is most of these offenses in the ACC – they're not equipped with lines that can buy you time with that kind of pass rush. Mm-hmm. They don't have a quarterback that's got the athleticism to escape that kind of pass rush. They don't have the receivers. The reason Boston College gave them a fit last year is they had a very good receiver on the outside, Mr. Hawkins, mm-hmm. and they had a quarterback that had a very good arm for a deep ball, and he had enough athleticism where he was able to move around the pocket buy him time and he was killing him over the top. Mm-hmm. And that young man was not no speed demon by no means. And he broke several big scrambles for big gains. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a double-sided, it's a double-edged sword it on really that is. whole ordeal. I mean, you can have the best pass rushing defense in the league. You can kill a lot of teams. But at the same time, if you ever line up against the right team on the right day with the right kind of offense to counter you, you could be in a world of trouble. Mm-hmm. Live by the rush, die by the rush. That's exactly right. I mean, Ohio State did it. Boston College did it. Hell, there was a couple times Wake Forest last year had some big plays where they ate a blitz. Jake Bentley in 2018 for South Carolina, over 500 yards passing through the air. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, they didn't win that game. They wasn't close to winning that game because South Carolina was just horrendous at that mm-hmm. time. But when a terrible team like that puts over 500 yards on you. That speaks a lot. That does. I mean, and now here they won a national championship. Yes, it just sir. all depends on what you got. But I'm telling you right now, quarterbacks like Sam Howell, if North Carolina, that's why they gave him a fit two years ago. Sam Howell was able to move around, create time, and I mean, they gave Clemson all they wanted and then some. Mm-hmm. The blitz can be a great thing, but it can also kill you. Yes, sir. All right, so now that we're done breaking down that defense, let's talk about some spring takeaways. What you got for me, Ben? All right, uh, first things first, I want to mention once again, your 2021 starting quarterback looked very good. He didn't look great, but he was very accurate with his throws. He was very good with his decision-making. Didn't do any questionable passes. Didn't put the ball in harm's way, so he's got a very good head on his shoulders. He showed really great footwork in the pocket, being able to just step around and move around a little bit just to escape oncoming tacklers. I mean, I was really impressed with the quarterback, honestly. I seen some good things out of the receivers. Mm-hmm. The running back looked really impressive, but uh, the, only, the biggest problem I seen with that running back was they threw the ball. To, they just pitched it to him on a toss. Mm-hmm. And he just couldn't, for whatever reason, get the ball gathered up, dropped it, put it on the ground, defense picked it up. I think what really happened there, my honest opinion, is he didn't watch the ball in. He was just too worried about trying to get up the field and dodging that big hit that was coming at him. That's exactly right. But uh, one thing I did notice, though, was U-Man, as I call him, because <laughs> I can't pronounce that last name. U-Man, you. That's right. I noticed that he does not have that same dual threat ability, as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. You can see him on the shotgun. He'd run outside the pocket, hit a guy on the flats a couple times, little wide receiver screens and whatnot. Good throws. He had enough to get him out of the pocket, but you could tell the speed was nowhere near Deshaun Watson. It was nowhere near Trevor Lawrence. But when he 
was running, he was a very accurate thrower on the run. Mm-hmm. You notice he was able to position his shoulders, point his shoulders in the right direction, mm-hmm. really still get a plant, throw the ball, even on the move. I mean, he looked really impressive throwing the ball on the run. So, really does have a bright, he is a really bright spot for your future on this team. And one thing that I loved about him, too, and really you couldn't see it in the spring game because they were just, you know, calling the plays off so quick, but the kid from what I'm able to see in the previous games from last season, he's not afraid to take it in the chops to try to get you to try to get you yardage. That's exactly right. And I mean, as long as you got a man to Scott Hart willing to take one in the chops, I mean, that's that speaks volumes. That's a big deal. That's something you really need. But at the same time, you can't do that too much or might end up putting the ball on the ground. Or you could get hurt. And right now, if you were the Clemson Tigers, you cannot afford for your starting quarterback to get hurt because their second string quarterback, Famakin, I can't pronounce his last name either. I don't know what the hell the deal is with these last names of these Clemson <laughs> quarterbacks. But uh, their second string quarterback was having a decent game until he ruptured his Achilles tendon. So he's out for the season. So now you got your third string quarterback, Hunter Helms, coming in. And that's going to be your backup. And I mean, he looked decent, but at the same time, you don't know a whole lot about this young man. He played a little bit in spring game. He didn't look bad, but very, very green. Very green. He's he's a true freshman from West Columbia, South Carolina. And I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I do believe they also had another quarterback who just got signed to the major league draft. Yeah, I don't remember his name, but he he got drafted on Monday and changed all of his profiles. Talking about he's in the MLB on Tuesday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, I mean, he wasn't a very important piece to the puzzle, but at the same time, when your second string's out in Achilles tendon, if there's one spot on the field that you really don't want to be lacking depth at, it is the quarterback position. Absolutely. It ain't like when you had Kelly Bryant and he got hurt, Trevor Lawrence stepped in. When Trevor Lawrence got hurt, Willie Younglay stepped in. You had talent Mm -hmm. in. Now your second string man's hurt. You don't know who the hell is going to step on the field, so... If you're really ugly, you definitely want to take care of yourself this season. And that's something that's going to make a lot of people nervous. Mm-hmm. Two positions that really impressed me the most was at the tight end position with Jalen Lay. Some of the receptions that he caught, some of the athletic catches that he did, and the wide receiver freshman, Bo Collins. That touchdown that he, the very first touchdown the game was this kid and it was a low catch no problems it was just a a thing of beauty that kid's going to be the next big deal in my opinion i'm telling you when you got bo collins and uli young lay together they played together in high school and then right off the rip in the spring game your very first touchdown is these two together that's no coincidence that is chemistry and that is a big thing you want to have chemistry if you get a quarterback to have chemistry with a player it can do incredible things. I mean, just to mention a couple of different quarterbacks and receivers over years. All right, let's look at Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins when they were together. Mm-hmm. Unstoppable. Sammy Watkins, unstoppable receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven Garcia when he had all Sean Jeffrey. Unstoppable. Connor, Ace Sanders. Connor Shaw with Ace Sanders. Connor Shaw with all Sean Jeffrey. I mean, if you get a quarterback that has a relationship with his receiver, and they build a bond like that, mm-hmm. it can be a lot of trouble. It can be a thing of a beauty, too. Oh, yeah, for Clemson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Nightmare for everybody else, too. That's true. What did you uh, – so what do you think are the strengths of this team? Defense, by far. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line looked good. But their defense is what's really going to save them this season. Their defense, that pass rush is absolutely elite. And I'm telling you, Skalski coming back, that's a huge deal. That's like having a fifth-year senior, a five-year starter coming back at quarterback, mm-hmm. except on defense. I mean, this guy, he really is the heart and soul. The way just his energy, his vibe fuels the rest of the defense. I mean, last year when he got taken out after the hit in the Ohio State game, that defense went flat. They were still getting torched through the air on that on that deep ball due to the blitzes like we talked about. But mm-hmm. once he came out of the game, it was a whole different defense. 
there was a couple games he missed last year during the season where he was out with injury. Same thing. He is the heart and soul of this defense, and if you want your defense to have energy and really go get these guys and hit them in the mouth, you want this man on the field. That defense is going to be what helps this team the most this year, though, because this offense is not going to be able to put up historic numbers. They're going to be consistent. They're going to move the ball. But it is a rebuilding offense that's going to lean heavily on this defense to keep them in the ball game with a lot of these guys. Yeah, that that defensive strength is going to be the rush attack, those linebackers, that defensive line, putting a lot of heat on that quarterback. But I also think the strength is going to be, another strength is going to be, like you mentioned, the quarterback and the wide receiver that relationship that they have going all the way back to high school is going to cause a lot of problems for a lot of teams too. It could. It very well could. I think going forward in years to come, that's going to be a big deal. That's going to pay dividends. But for the 2021 Clemson Tigers, if you want to go to the playoffs and the national championship, if you want to get there, then the taxi cab that's going to take you is this defense. That's the one that's going to punch you your ticket. This offense is going to put up points to get you there. They're going to keep you in the game. But this defense smashing teams is what's going to stop people. This defense is what's going to punish these ACC quarterbacks because it's going to shut down the rushing attack. It's going to make them one-dimensional. And when it does, they're going to blitz the living hell out of these quarterbacks, make them panic, make them run for their lives, Make them force bad throws. That's why they have such great turnover margin. It's one, they're forcing fumbles left and right because these mm-hmm. kids hit like a freight train. Mm-hmm. But two, when you got two, three guys in your face, two seconds after you got the ball and you're running for your life, they're not giving these quarterbacks time to read through their progressions. They're forcing throws. These young quarterbacks are forcing throws. They're not looking, throwing it straight into defenders' hands. When you got a guy that can buy time, read through his progressions, and see what he's throwing at, Justin Fields, Ohio State. What happened? Right. What happened with Boston College's quarterback last year? Hell, Wake Forest's quarterback did a few times. I mean, this pass rush, this defense, is what is going to keep you going. This is what's going to punch your ticket, and it's got so many starters returning on that side of the ball. That is frightening. But would you also consider that a weakness if a wide receiver can get over the top and get open? It's a huge weakness. Hell yeah, it's a weakness. But how many teams in ACC have receivers and a quarterback combination that can do that? You make a point. I mean, the Georgia Bulldogs now, week one, you better buckle your seatbelts up, Clemson, because week one, that's going to be a test. But I'm telling you right now, if Clemson gets past the Georgia Bulldogs in week one, no stopping them. It's going to be hell. Have you seen their schedule? Yeah. Dabo Sweeney should be – he should get a pay raise just for arranging these schedules. <laughs> I don't know how the hell they do it. It's artwork. It is artwork. It's brilliant. So what would you consider the weaknesses to be? Secondary, by far. These guys on one-on-one coverage, if you get them in one-on-one coverage and you can get time to throw the ball, if you can withstand the storm of this pass rush – if you can get past this crazy-ass blitz they send at you nonstop, you can shred that secondary. You can shred it completely. And I think their weakness also is going to be lacking depth at the quarterback position because all it takes is one bad thing to happen. And hmm, I'd also have to say a big weakness would probably have to be having a new man on offensive tackle. Because when you have a rookie quarterback in there, you're going to want to keep heat off of him. Right. Especially with him being a pocket-passing pro-style quarterback. Right. This young man can't break loose and run for 30 yards like Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson. He can't do it. He can get you 10, but when he gets that 10, he better be sliding. Yeah. And... Is he really going to be wanting to scramble, or are they going to be telling him to scramble when they know they don't have depth at that position? Valid point, sir. There's not a whole lot of weaknesses in this Clemson team if you're an ACC competitor. 
But if you're somebody that's got a quarterback with a strong arm, if you got a defensive line that can withstand this offense, I mean, withstand that defensive blitz, that pressure, mm-hmm. you can take them down. I'm not saying they're going to lose four or five games, but they are very beatable. It only takes one, though. Well, not with the playoff system. They could lose the first one and run out, and they'll be in the playoffs. But it only takes one of the playoffs. No, you get that playoffs, you lose one game, your ass is going home. Pack your bags, get you a bus ticket. We'll send you back to Clemson up in the hills. See you next year. Pretty much. And that seems to be the case. But, uh... What some things do you think Clemson has to do? We mentioned their weaknesses. What do you think they have to do to maintain the success and glory they have maintained for the last, hell, what, seven years? Six years? Get to the quarterback. They're going to have to get to the quarterback. They're going to have to cause some turnovers. They're going to have to also – the. Offense needs to try to stay as much out on the field as they can to buy the defense time to get rested. And they're going to have to figure out a way when they play some of these teams that have a better wide receiver, quarterback combo, mobile quarterback, they're going to have to try to figure out a way to to maintain coverage and to to, just to, to stop those big, long passes down the field. I also feel like they're going to need to run the ball. They're going to have to eat some clock. What do you think? I think they're going to have to stay healthy offensively. That's very critical for them this mm-hmm. year. And it's always critical with every team. But in years past, Clemson has had so much depth and talent, <clears throat> they could get away with injuries. Mm-hmm. That's not the case this year. They're going to have to stay healthy on the offensive side of the ball. They're going to have to play smart football and not turn the ball over themselves mm-hmm. on offense, stay in games. Yep. But the biggest thing they're going to have to do on defense is bend, but don't break. I'm not saying they got a bad defense. I'm not saying, oh, they get run over. But the thing is, when you blitz and you apply that much pressure nonstop, If you go up against a team that can withstand that, that's got a good offensive line, that's got backs in the backfield that can pick up these linebackers on blitzes, slow them down. If you got a quarterback that can buy time and he can get across the top, that's a hell of a lot of breaking. Yeah. I mean, Ohio State did it bad. Ohio State did it. Boston College did it. Boston College, a team that wasn't even an ACC contention. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think Miami's got a chance to do it this year, but we'll touch more on that at a later segment. That's exactly right. I mean, we'll be getting into Miami probably in the next week or two going over them. Biggest thing Miami has to do is they just, that team is flag happy. (laughs) Yeah. They're going to have to get mentally prepared for games. They could build a damn umbrella to cover the city with all the flags they have. (laughs) It's ridiculous. But uh, Clemson, I mean, if you're a Clemson fan, you got a lot to look forward to this year. You have even more to look forward to in the years coming. Oh, yeah. They can be very great. But if they don't fix these issues, don't look for them to go all the way. You can't do the same thing year in, year out. Look at last year. Mm-hmm. Look at what happened when they played LSU in the national championship. You might make it to the game. But they say insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. It might have worked in 2018, but it hasn't worked since then. Yep. You got to think about that. It has not worked since then. You can't go against these first-round quarterbacks, these first-round offensive linemen going to the NFL draft that can play ball. You can't go to the playoffs in the national championship and expect to be playing a Virginia Tech or a Duke. Right. You have to expect to play the Alabamas. You have to expect to play the, the LSUs. You have to expect to play the Ohio States. That's exactly right. And I mean, Clemson has a caliber team. They, they've proven they can do it. Mm-hmm. They've proven they can do it time and time again. <clears throat> I mean, hell, they could do it this They could do it this year if they fix these couple issues. 
But they've got to address that secondary. They've got to find out a way to be able to apply pressure without giving up too many guys on the defense. And, I mean, they could do it. That four-man rush they got, that defensive line is elite. Oh, yeah. They're mean. I mean, that's, that, that, that whole defensive line is like a bunch of damn first and second round picks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They're insane. They got speed. They got strength. Hungry as hell for the ball. If you can find a way to get pressure with those guys without giving up your linebackers, that way you're able to keep some of your backs back there in the back. That way they can't take the top off of you. It'd be elite. But you got to find a way to prevent the ball from going over the top. That's all there is to it. Gonna have to gonna have to put a roof on it. That's right. You got they're gonna have to put a roof on the damn thing. You can have a you can have a roof with a few leaks in it and still stay dry. That's a fact. All right. Well, I think that's all we've got for you today. Yeah, um, it's been a good one. Pretty excited. I was really looking forward to this podcast. Did a lot of research into it. and uh, Always fun to talk about a team from the state of South Carolina, even if it's not the damn one I'm very fond of. <laughs> I still have tons of respect for that team. have tons of respect for Dabo and the culture they built up there with that program. But uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Leave us a little insight. Like, subscribe us, share it, check us out on Twitter. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you, get your thoughts, get your opinions, and you know maybe even uh, just some commentary on how you think we're doing. Absolutely. We'd appreciate any kind of input you can give us. Uh, join us again next week. Beginning of next week, we'll be jumping in and talking about old St. Nick and the Crimson Tide at Alabama. Oh, that's going to be a fun one right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still think he's a damn robot, but hey. <laughs> but uh, we appreciate y'all joining us, and we're looking forward to talking with you again soon. Peace out.